first time we was sitting in the circle that's the biggest thing for me in never sit in a circle uh, in a community meeting that time uh, on my birthday he was sitting in the circle and then on his turn he stood up and he said uh, karthik said we should not waste our food we should not put plastic on our land that's the word he spoke after 3 years stick your neck out the weekly podcast of the giraffe heroes foundation Once called mental retardation, intellectual disability is characterized by below average intelligence or mental ability in a lack of skills necessary for day-to-day living. But news flash, people with intellectual disabilities can and do learn new skills. They only learn them more slowly. Studies and surveys conducted by the Indian government estimate that there are around 1.6 million persons with intellectual and developmental disabilities in India. 75% of them live in rural areas. Often, these people are faced with exclusion, neglect, and many disadvantages that limits their effective participation in mainstream society. But luckily, there is Kartik. Welcome to the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. Welcome to Stick Your Neck Out. Sristi Foundation was founded by Kartikeyan, known as Kartik, a psychologist born and raised in Pondicherry, generally known as Pondi, situated on the east coast of India. Kartik, a 2012 Kantari graduate, spent 15 years in an inclusive orphanage where disabled and non-disabled children lived and grew up together. Welcome Kartik to our podcast. Thank you very much Ampere. This is a great opportunity for me and just very glad to hear about Giraffe Foundation and the how you are bringing up the showcase the people all over the world who are doing the good job. For me this is the great opportunity being part of your program. Yeah, but you are the the star here. You are the one doing a great job over there in India. Srishti Village is a self-sustainable community where mentally disabled and non-disabled live, learn, and work together. Since unfortunately, it's quite impossible for me right now to go to India, and we are having a video call, and I can only see like some kinds of figures or or statues. Um, could you mind to describe it for me and our listeners? How does it look like where you? work city village so imagine yourself in a farm where you can have your many trees and we have your eco friendly buildings i mean the no painted the exposed to brickwork buildings and little thatches uh, herds here and there and surrounded with the rabbits cows chickens ducks little insects and a lot of uh, vegetables and a little grass and then there are a few ponds few wells water rain and the beautiful people living there around 50 people with the people with the disability and non disabled with the various skills various background and then age group around 18 to 35 years and having a happy living community that's beautiful it's really nice like i said before katik you founded thrifty village with the goal to connect and empower why is thrifty village so important What is this NGO about? Can you tell a little about its mission? I spent nearly 15 years in an orphanage for children with a disability and for the neurotypical children. For the neurotypical children, they have a chance to go to school and after finishing their school, they go for a graduation. After graduation, they get a chance to go to a job and become independent in their life. 
But for the children with uh, especially intellectual disability, they mostly stay back in the home and the schools are not admitting them. Even though the inclusion is the biggest part in India, even in every law says inclusion is most important. But practically, it is not possible. A, ch a child with special needs, it's a difficult to get an admission in a mainstream school. Mostly the schools are rejecting them. Even if they are admitting, they are not get any special education or any therapeutical need a child required. So mostly they just isolated or sitting back in back benches or sitting alone and they are not getting any support. That made me to think I have to do something. Then I studied psychology and then I did my specialization in intellectual disability. Then I became the director of the same orphanage where I spent most of my time. Uh, my ambition is we, I want to bring them to outside world try to include in the mainstream society but uh, it is difficult actually the people in the outside world it's a completely different in the orphan age we were equal and we were playing together we were fighting and we were learning from each other it, it was a, such a wonderful atmosphere but when we just uh, enter outside society they just always look at them as a alien or completely separate Either in the two extreme, either people, they uh, look at you such a pampered uh, army and uh, giving more importance to you are completely ignored. They just never treat you as a normal or equal, actually, maybe the better word. What I did, uh, um, I tried to find what are the jobs suitable for them. And very fortunately, I found uh, farming is one of the jobs that is somehow matched with their skill. So why do you think are they so excluded from the public spaces? Why are they so isolated? Whenever we talk about people with intellectual disability, the people always say they are very slow, they are more good at the repeated work, and then they say they cannot learn new things, they have a very little problem-solving skill, they, have a, they don't have a reasoning skill. So then these are all, so many things always, they have a label them. Then just I want to try to break it with the small thing, you know, uh, uh, that all... Uh, uh, always was thinking what they are good at and finally I found why not why don't we start on a small kitchen garden uh, very naturally happened so I got a small piece of the land belongs to the orphanage it's such a tiny space is uh, like a 1200 square feet and then uh, along with some of my boys and some of the volunteer who came along with me we cleaned the land we made a fence around it and then boys are so happy because they just came outside and then just touching the soil with the water with, you know, it's such a bit like party actually but we were seriously working and then one day my idea wants to grow some vegetables and one day i bought some of the vegetable seed i was keeping in my hand and one of the boy uh, with the intellectual disability, he could not speak, but he could communicate you know, uh, with, with his own way. So he asked me, uh, he, they call me brother, brother, what is this? And then I said, uh, his name is Anbu. Anbu, this is the vegetable seed. If you plant, it can grow. Uh, but uh, he never had any experience with the planting or seed or anything. Then uh, I tried to explain and it is difficult for me to uh, visualize him. Then I showed there was a, uh, uh, there is a one big mango tree next to our garden. And then I showed, look at this sunbu, this tree also grown up from the little seed. And he was uh, started to laugh at me, how this little seed can grow like a big tree. And that was my first challenge to train a person with a disability in farming. Then I told Anbu, can we do one thing. Uh, you plant uh, on this ground and watering it regularly and you see what happens. 
and he did uh, very properly after a few days i was in my office i still remember that day that was a, such a uh, emotional day i was in my office i was working in my computer and he was knocking the door brother 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 open the door open the door and then i thought something happened and i opened the door and he was running i was running behind him and he opened the kitchen garden gate and he showed the two leaves coming out of from the ground and then after seeing the two leaves he was so happy he became so much connected with the nature and after after the date he just closed the kitchen garden and got the key and put it in his pocket and said this is my garden i will take care of it that the second biggest experience which i got from the same garden is they were harvesting their vegetables actually and it was not a big quantity but just a basket of uh, vegetables they harvested from their kitchen garden and they they brought to the kitchen normally we just uh, the kitchen is closed for everyone for the hygienic purpose but our boys are just uh, open the door and they enter into the kitchen and they were talking with the chef and they said these are the vegetables are harvested by us and then they also said you cannot decide what to cook for us and these are the vegetable from us and we have a full rights to say what to cook and then i saw such a drastic improvement in their confidence level and it never happened before first time i'm seeing them with a the full confidence and that that made me to think actually this is what i'm dream actually they should be proud and what they are doing and should stand with a big confidence and that happened with a, such a tiny kitchen garden these are all made me to initiate the srishti village yeah These are really beautiful stories. A recent study published in the journal Health and Place investigates the use of care farming, the combination of therapeutic practices in agricultural spaces. Is this the idea you had? Why why you use farming at all? This is a personal experience which I got from the orphanage and the second thing when you th- uh, when you check with the statistics nearly 75% of the people with intellectual disability were living in the rural villages and there is no training program there is no school they're just idly sitting back but when you just imagine when you enter into the any village especially in india from an indian perspective you can see the cow you can see the chicken you can see the vegetable garden you can see the farm so i thought instead of bring something else from the outside you can do what already existing this are very much used to this kind of place so i thought the farming is one of the best thing because my focus area is more with a rural community and also the another reason when i was trying to get the job for the adult with intellectual disability the people in the industries they always having some excuses most of the excuses are always talking about the hazards is the high intensified electricity a high a big machinery so so always they talking about the hazard but here in the farming you don't need much hazards actually you plant a seed and we grow your own vegetables and they can work in your own face uh, i mean the speed and uh, best thing is you are connected with the nature and also the recent research says when the people working in the soil when you someone who touch the soil regularly it's naturally working as an antidepressant actually these people are already so much depressed with all our uh, people neglection isolation but when you connect with the soil it automatically flourishing not only the uh, plants but also their life yeah yeah that's right what you're saying totally makes sense to me So in an area of almost 9 acres of land which is like 135 tennis courts you have created an inclusive and holistic environment 
Sristi Foundation runs three pioneer projects, Sristi Village, Sristi Special School, and Sristi Farm Academy, as well as further community support and environmental projects. What exactly are you doing in these projects? Yes. So Sisti Village is the residential living community for adults with intellectual disability, where they can live, learn, work, generate income and have independent life. Basically, most of them with a different background, some of them they have parents, some of them parents passed away, some of them are abandoned, some of them we got through the police or from other organizations who found on the street. So we are all living in the farm and we are trying to uh, grow our own food and just not only food but we are learned from each other and people with the various background they never had any experience working in the farm never working living the uh, in a community living space but the sister village helped them to live in a community helping them each other and meantime we are uh, teaching them farming skill so not only the farming skills but it's mostly on job skill after finishing this training program they can easily can get job in any sector actually so uh, in sister village they have a two hours academic and mostly even in the academic they learn about the money concept they learn about how to be like manage their uh, the business or marketing those things are the in academic but rest of the thing they get learn in the form itself like a task completion you can it's a difficult to teach in the classroom but when you are work uh, in a uh, working environment you, you use it to understand okay this is what i have to finish my work this is my deadline and the time management and working in the group these are all Experiential learning help them become independent and that's our aim. The adult independent living skills is most important in Sushi Village. In Sushi Special School, it's a school for children with special needs. Mainly, we are focusing on the rural uh, children. They've never been to any school and they don't have any chance. Uh, so mostly, they just stay, stay back in the home. And some of the kids who are locked in the room and the both parents, they go for uh, some work. And most of them from the very poor background. And the parents are either in the working in the farm or in the agricultural land or uh, daily wages. And it's uh, difficult for them to uh, look after them. And they are not, also not enrolled in the uh, mainstream school and they're just staying back home that made us to initiate the special school and in school we providing uh, the special education training and we have a therapist and we we'll provide the regular therapy to them whoever need and some of the children who have the multiple disability they need medical attention or therapeutic attention so our professional team helping them and and also we provide the midday meals and it's a great advantage to live in the farm they have also chance to go to the farm and do some little farm work so uh, basically we want them make to be independent again our objective um, uh, they have a little challenges with the daily living skills so our always our uh, uh, aim uh, let them be independent and learn all the daily living skills and we have a iep individual education plan for each student and we assess every kid and based on their need we design our curriculum and again all the um, uh, teaching methodology we use activity based and we use the uh, farming as as a biggest tool for them to teach.
and then we have the form academy this is the uh, basically uh, we starting a training uh, giving the training program not only for the people with the disability but also for the neurotypical people are the uh, students who are getting from the other special schools who are having the, with various different uh, uh, disability the students come and stay in sushi village for three months or six months and learn forming skills and that we call as a form academy they learn a form skills and we provide certificate and we help them to work in the uh, uh, in their own farm or in the terrace garden or in the school starting a small kitchen garden these are all activity we are running through our farm academy yeah cool it sounds really really awesome the highlight of your journey has been the transformations in your community members i'm sure sristi has a lot of stories of change would you mind telling us at least one of them surely so one of the um, our member um, uh, now is 33 years old actually when i was initiating the project in 2014 uh, his mother came to me and he said um, uh, it's possible for uh, to bring his son i said yes that's why we are here but what i heard she was admitted uh, him in a home in in pondicherry actually and then that people they are not allowing her to see her son actually that i shocked actually then i was listening the whole story about him his name is uh, sendil of course i can tell his name uh, uh, so he's such a proud man you can meet any time so he was uh, studying in a special school in pondicherry after completing the special school he went for the vocational training in uh, electrical work he came back to his home and he see both of his brothers who got married and they live independently they have a kids so he wants to get married he want to uh, uh, have an independent life um, but his mother said that you don't have any job you don't have any salary how you can be get married and nobody will interested to get married a person with a disability but what he thought if i have a job then i can get married Uh, so that's his uh, uh, dream so he tried to get a job in all over in pondicherry but nobody ready to give a job he disappointed with his family with his mother so he start to run away from the home and he was uh, started to live in on the road for many days so it's difficult for uh, her uh, his mother to see his own son living on the road so she admitted in a home but it's a home for the aged people it is not for the people with the disability or any training center so he, he was uh, uh, in the home for 3 uh, years but it does that home is not fit for him so he started to run away once twice thrice at the one point the uh, the, the people would lock him in a room they locked for 3 years until we get to know and then i went along with his mother and we rescued him he was in a room with a long hair long nail and nobody cared about him i brought back to sushi and he completely forgot to speak uh, unable to recognize his own mother and he has a, such a peculiar habit to touch his neck and uh, sneezing and saliva uh, uh, from his mouth uh, everywhere in his face and we uh, washed him we cut the hair cut the nail and then we brought a, uh, we gave a new cloth and i said sendil this is your home this is your place you can just go and be free 
and slowly started to walk and slowly started to explore our farm but he never speak even a single word and i uh, and also he, he got a, a peculiar behavior to touch his neck very harshly then i brought him to the psychiatrist and psychiatrist said he may try to commit suicide because he was in the room for many years then it became a habit for him and uh, we, we couldn't help much so i thought he could not speak anymore but in the year of 2000 uh, i think it was in 2015 it was my birthday and uh, after a year actually we were sitting in a circle and everyone was uh, telling me my birthday wishes and then on his turn uh, first time he was sitting in the circle that's the biggest thing for me he never sit in a circle uh, in a community meeting and uh, he, uh, he that time uh, on my birthday he was sitting in the circle and then on his turn he stood up and he said Uh, karthik said we should not waste our food we should not put plastic on our land that's the word he spoke after 3 years that's the biggest gift i ever i got in my life yeah, i can imagine he became so beautiful voice and then uh, unbelievable imagine 3 years he never spoke even a single word and suddenly speaking <laughs> That's it is so nice, actually <laughs> that's a really touching story yeah. Yeah. then he, now he is the one who leading our vegetable yeah. garden he speak uh, in now we can explain the whole method how to plant how to harvest and everything such an uh, opportunity you know to make uh, people but unfortunately uh, is 3 years is wasted in your room but now he is such a free bird and he can speak he can work and he earn and live independently and that's the biggest transformation uh, of me uh, how the nature is uh, helping has and helping him to become more independent in his life that's that's right that's that's beautiful it's awesome this is really great i've also heard this farm is completely free of pesticides and chemical fertilizers that you guys lead an eco-friendly life in every possible way do you have a few examples of eco-friendly gadgets you use Yes yeah, surely so we, we don't use any fertilizers or any chemicals from outside and even we don't bring anything from outside we have around 13 cows in our dairy farm we collect all the cow dung cow urine that's all the major source of compost for our all farm and also we using the traditional natural compost actually in our farm here we the technology which we are using called jeevam mridam Uh, panchakavya the both are made out of cow dung cow urine jaggery and the soil from the land and we mix it and we keep it for some day for the fermentation and then we dilute and spread in our form and similarly we use the neem uh, leaf and then we have some of the herbal uh, plants in our form that we used as a even we don't say pesticide it's called pest repellent actually the pest won't come to our plant and destroy so this way we trying to live along with the nature and as much possible we don't bring any outside input in our farm we try to make it as like a more self sustainable way of the farming methodology which we are running in our farm mm-hmm. okay so if if i'm getting this straight you don't need any help from the outside is it right like like you are independent 
Huh, that's a good question, actually. So uh, we are, that's our uh, ambition. Uh, we want to become more independent. But imagine uh, this is a nine-acre farm. Whatever we grow, it's a basically we can fulfill. Uh, I mean, even we're trying to fulfill our basic need of our community. Other than that, uh, around 50 people who are living. And also we have a teachers, trainers, maintenance. So we are a huge uh, uh, support we require. But in a way, uh, it is not just to focusing on self-sustainability training mean in a in a uh, finance way but in a self-sustaining uh, way that uh, the, our uh, buildings our farm is more on sustainable in a way that it never harm to the nature but of course we need the funding support to take care of our school kid, uh, students and our members uh, with various background and to pay salary to feed them so that we uh, totally depending on funding but otherwise for farm is mostly on self-sustaining yeah After you bought the land, you realized that it was uh, almost unfertile. The water level was too low and you were like kind of, oh my God, what what have I done? How did you find out and uh, what did you do? That was the big story, Empire. It was um, that after after a long struggle, I bought the land and then I was a uh, dream to start the farm. And then I entered into the farm and then I realized the water level of the land is very low, actually. Even you cannot grow even a single tree. It was a, such a dry, barren land. And then uh, the people just abandoned the land and they, everyone, they go to the city and they get some job and they just... Uh, they. They don't want to do any farming because of their lack of water. And that was the biggest challenge in, uh, uh, when I was initiating the project. Uh, I called uh, many experts and people and uh, asked them to help how to re rejuvenate or regenerate the water level. And many people who came. But one day, it was very interesting. One of the old men who was uh, uh, grazing his cows in, uh, in our neighbor land, and he was looking at me along with some of the experts uh, who were helping me to find the water. After the, the all the experts left, he came to me and he asked me, who are the people? What are you doing? And then I told they are all water experts. They're going to help me uh, how to get the water uh, from this land. And he was uh, asked me, uh, have you got the answer? And I said, maybe in after a few days, I will get a mail and they will guide me what to do. But he uh, suddenly grabbed my hand and we were walking all the way, all the places in the land. And he showed some other place where you can find some water marks, you know, the water uh, during the rainy season, the water move and the dry season, you can see the mark, you know, the water mark. He asked me, do you know why? a watermark and honestly I do not have any answer and he said this is the lowest part of your land you have to build the pond here and he was talking about the swell system or rainwater harvesting system and some of the plants uh, uh, some of the trees that can bring the water to the deep uh, level of our land and such amazing knowledge which I got from the old man you cannot expect it and even you, you cannot uh, imagine after a few days I got a mail from the experts whatever the old man said said everything written on their mail i paid to them and nothing paid to this world <laughs> and afterwards i never go meet <laughs> any experts always i go and sit with the grandma and grandpa and then they listen their stories listen their hundreds of years what they have done 50 years 100 years what kind of plant they grown on this land how we can get the water what to do they are a huge 
huge resource probably we are not uh, recognizing uh, recognize enough their knowledge that is the biggest lesson which i got luckily in a very early days then afterwards i just listen them understand the local the value the local knowledge value the local resources that way step by step we uh, have the to open well and a few ponds uh, soil system and uh, our water table level is increased man that's a great news <laughs> that's that's really important just to listen to the listen to the people to the old people listen to the ones who are living there the ones the ones who know who know the the land that's that's the important thing 2015 you said in a video i saw in the kantari youtube channel that in five years this project i mean sriste village can be a model bringing new mindsets of people to think about people with intellectual disability now we are in 2020 so five years later how do you see the project so now we can see some of our graduates or some of the people who wandered on the training program who were living for last five years they are more independent they can work anywhere actually we are trying to get a job for them and one of the boy already who got a job and then he earning around 12000 indian rupees it's such a is a reasonable pay for indian standard and he taking care of his family another uh, um, student uh, he was uh, is very interested with the dairy farm we helped them to get one cow and he is living along with the parents and he is taking care of cow and milking and sell the milk and get the income from their uh, cow i mean he is basically is the breadwinner right now in the family so this way i can say uh, one or two case study but those who are living in the uh, farm uh, in our community also is more independent they are not any more dependent they are taking care of their own uh, needs and they are also ready to work they easily adopt our living community life and they work and they are more productive now what we want to do it but we do not have the uh, scientific evidence so we are starting a research actually we want to bring uh, bring it into the factual evidence that the system model can work and then through this model the people can become independent so um, uh, one with the lyola college Uh, in chennai in, in india one of the leading college they their professors helping and another one of my friend is working in the us indian professor he is the social work professor we started a research how the system village model can make the people to become independent and how this model can uh, can be replicated in any part of india that's we are working on it hopefully uh, uh, end of the research we have the factual evidence that we could share with everyone and the people can start their own uh, system village community model in any part of india that's my dream also okay due to the covid-19 pandemic and subsequent lockdown in india i'm pretty sure there is a lot of people who might be facing hardships how is sristi responding to covid-19 yes in the very beginning we were very panic because that way the media uh, showed actually it was very danger and it was so we locked down and we just locked our gate we never allow anybody we try to just uh, um, uh, keep all the uh, or, all the uh, safety measures we used like a uh, hand sanitizer mask and everything we used and we never uh, let outside people get into our community but the biggest advantage uh, for us we were living in the farm we are living in the farm so we are all very busy and even we don't have any time to listen the news and everything 
But what happened, one day I got a call from one of uh, our daycare, our school student, uh, parent, and he, he, she asked me, can I send her son to our school? I said, the school is locked down, we cannot, we cannot run the school, so better you can keep the child with you. But what she said, uh, we, myself and my husband, both are uh, daily wages, but due to the lockdown, we do not have any job, we do not have any money to feed. Maybe it's better for the child uh, to stay in industry, at least he can get the uh, food. That made me to think, oh, I should support them in any way. So suddenly we use our corpus fund and we raise money and we uh, bought uh, rice and groceries and food material. And uh, with, we got a permission from the government and then we rushed to the all the children with the special needs who are enrolled in our school and provided the make it sure they get the enough food. Then luckily you cannot imagine that so many people, they started to support our, uh, uh, our project and then they said, okay, Karthik, you can go beyond the limit. And then we reached more than 1,600 families actually in three months. And we provided so many food material. And the lockdown, it was a, such a difficult situation for the people, especially who are the daily wages who are completely depending on their uh, daily uh, salary suddenly if the lockdown they don't have any uh, savings they uh, they were struggling actually even for the food uh, so that uh, that was the biggest learning for us also how important to live in the nature so the the food is so most important thing unfortunately we are all uh, just going somewhere else but anyway the covid 19 was the biggest experience for us and uh, uh, with the support of the people and we reached uh, uh, many family with the special needs, family with the disabled children, and we provided food, rice, and their basic needs. And slowly, slowly get back to our normal life now. That's that's awesome. I mean, your, the work you're doing is, is, is really great. Kartik, before we finish our talk, I wanted to ask you something. You said that you were living in a, in this orphanage where you are, at the end, you were like director of, of it. How do you end up at all in this in this um, orphanage? Yeah, uh, I have my parents. So my parents are a little challenging for for them to help me to continue my education, and uh, they were in a little uh, difficult situation financially. So then uh, I uh, personally I found myself uh, there is a children care institution, and then I said maybe I can go and ask them if they help me, then I can continue my education. That way I ended in the orphanage. But once I ended in the orphanage, I found. The the children with the special needs so that made me to ah this is the best place to stay that the way i ended in the orphanage then it's become a part of my life then it's become my whole life uh, being part of i mean become part of their life yeah yeah that's a really nice uh, story katik it was a pleasure talking to you thank you for being here with us today thank you very much Ampere, and thank you very much for the opportunity and uh, thank you uh, for listening all my story all my journey and we were all most welcome to Susitri Village. Our gate is always open for the people. And we are going to come over at some point, definitely. We have a lot of people uh, we need to visit and uh, you are definitely one of them. That's it for today. SIT founded by Kantari, Sristi Village works towards improving the life of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. They use a combination of education, life skills, training and agriculture. 
They help people who are faced with exclusion, neglect, and many disadvantages that limit their effective participation in the society. I'm pretty sure that a lot of our listeners are interested in knowing more about Sristi, and you'll find more information if you go to the website of the foundation, sristivillage.org. Next week in Stick Your Neck Out, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity, I'm going to be talking with Olotusin Ruth. We are going to be talking about domestic violence, about women and girls' empowerment. You'll find the Cantaria or Girafiro stories every Tuesday on Spotify, iTunes, our homepage, and every other place where you hear your podcast. Subscribe the podcast so you don't have to look out for us. We'll be coming to you. If you'd like to tell us about your frontline hero, visit us at giraffe-heroes.eu and feel free to recommend the people out there sticking their necks out. My name is Jean-Pierre Aguiar-Durañona and I hope you join us also on our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. But more important, I hope you join us again next week. Stick your neck out. The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation. 